Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Are you comfy? Yep. And that thing can pick me up, even if it's over there? Yeah. It's a field recorder, so it's good at picking up distant sounds. I just need to adjust a little bit. Do you mind saying a few words, just so I can test it? Oh, uh, sure. Um, what sort of things would you like me to say? All right, that's perfect. Give me just a sec. Okay, would you mind stating your name? All righty. My name is Alan Blackwell. I like to go by Al. And how long have you lived in Netherland? Hmm, let's see. About, what is it now, 52 years? I'd been coming up here even before that, ever since I was a boy. Practically grew up in this area. Where did you live when you were younger? Down in Boulder. But on the weekends, my pops would bring me up here to hunt. We'd always stop by Netherland and get some candy. I've always had a love for gummy worms. Gummy worms? Yeah. My dad would always buy me a pack to shut me up while we drove up to the woods. <laughs> Help keep me from opening my yap while we were looking for a buck. After I married Annie, we moved up here into the mountains. We wanted to settle down somewhere nice and quiet. She passed about eight years ago this December. I'm sorry to hear that. That's just a part of life. I do miss her, though. I hear you have an interest in Lake Clarity? Yes, I do. What do you know? That 26 people have gone missing in the last 60 years. The most recent disappearances were four teens, three were confirmed dead, one had never been found, and there was an additional teen who survived the most recent incident. One of the earliest confirmed deaths was a young boy named Joseph, who was a resident of Netherland. Ah, that was Joseph Obadiah. He was a good kid. Ned was devastated when we lost that boy. It made everyone real anxious, but he wasn't the first missing person, just the first person who people here actually cared about. What do you mean? Jonathan Duvall was a friend of mine up until he went missing. He and his wife, Margaret, were friends of Annie and I. Annie and Margaret had met at the market. They were both trying to buy the last pork roast and decided to compromise and share the roast. They brought their daughter Beth over, and the five of us had a real nice meal together. John and I met at that dinner, and we got along well enough. Well, Margaret and Annie schemed to get the two of us together for a hunting trip. Those ladies saw a lot more than we ever did. Boy, were our wives clever. 
We became good friends and great hunting buddies, ended up bringing a buck home that year and the next. But in 69, we were pregnant with our daughter Kathy, Steve's mom. Annie was at seven months when Margaret got real sick. We tried to be there and help where we could, especially with little Beth, but a month in, Margaret died. It was a real surprise. We really expected her to pull through. We were all devastated. Annie and I were taking real good care of John and Beth for a few weeks before Annie went into labor. Kathy had a couple of complications, came into the world backwards. We were in the hospital a little longer than we'd hoped. We didn't get home for about nine days. I hadn't heard from John since Annie went into labor, so after we had all got out of the hospital and settled back in at home, I paid John a visit. He lived in a cabin at the perimeter of Lake Clarity, and when I got there, he didn't answer. Something didn't sit right with me. I knew where the spare key was, and when I got in, John and Beth were gone. I went in to report to the sheriff, and I see little Beth sitting there with Winnie, who was the dispatcher and secretary. Beth saw me and ran up crying. Sheriff Hort said that a woman had found Beth by the side of the road and brought her in. Sheriff Hort had gone to investigate the cabin, but found no evidence. Beth wouldn't leave my arms, so the sheriff allowed her to stay with Annie and Kathy and I. After a week or so, Hort concluded that John must have abandoned Beth from the distress of losing Margaret, but I know he would have never left Beth alone. Something happened to him. Wow, what happened to Beth? Well, in between John's disappearance, Margaret's passing, and Kathy's birth, Annie and I were just trying to stay afloat. We eventually located Margaret's parents in Nebraska, and they made their way to Ned and took Beth to live with them. Did Beth remember anything about her dad? If she did, she didn't tell us. Al seemed disturbed by the end of the interview. Why had no one else questioned John Duvall's disappearance? The facts weren't quite adding up. I wish I could interview Beth, but that didn't seem like a possibility. There were lots of red strings, but nothing was connecting. Yet. I was packing my things when Natalie called. That was when I noticed I had missed seven calls from her. My phone had died last night, and I didn't think to charge it until after my interview with Al. Oh my god! Where the hell were you? I've been trying to get a hold of you all night. I'm sorry, I got back late from the hike. Back where? Because you sure as hell didn't come home. No, no, Steve lent me his guest bedroom because he didn't want me to driving home and I was tired and... Okay, well, I'm glad to hear you're all right. I was pretty sure you had fallen off the mountain and died. I was about to call the police, or whoever. I'm totally fine, I promise. I'm packing up my things right now. I just wish you would have called me, or something, to let me know that you were safe. I know. I should have. I was just so exhausted after the doctor's office and I passed out. The doctor's office? Sam! Okay. A dog bit me and I had to get a rabies shot and I'm perfectly fine. You really should have called. But at least you're okay. I'm sorry, babe. I just sat down with Al. Who's Al? Oh, he's Steve's grandpa and he was telling me about Camp Clarity. What? What's Camp Clarity? Okay, so you know those kids that went missing while they... Sam! Look, okay, I know what it sounds like. It sounds like you're working on something besides your assignment against your producer's wishes, and... He didn't say that I couldn't do it, just that I couldn't let it interfere with the dead guy days, and I'm not. Sam, I know it's a sore spot, but it's not healthy for you to... 
I know what is and isn't healthy, and I thought you respected me and my career path enough. But this has nothing to do with your career path. You were sent up to cover a festival, a human interest piece. That's what you said. Look, I know. I'm heading back down to Denver in just a bit, okay? I'm going to have the shitty reception, so I'll talk to you when I get home, okay? I'm working I'll be off at nine. Stay up for me? Sure. I love you. Love you too. Sam. I love you too. I'll talk to you soon, okay? Okay. Drive safely, sweetie. Hey, Sam! How did the interview go? It went well. You okay? I mean, I know Granddad can really- No, no. I just had a little fight with Natalie. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you need some space, or- No, no. You're fine. It'll be nice to distract myself. Gotcha. Well, um, what do you think of his story? Pretty creepy, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a completely different story than the one I've been hearing around town, including from you. Ah, uh, well, everyone else heard a variation of a rumor of a myth of his story. And I guess it just kind of got lost in translation. I think he prefers it that way, you know? Yeah, I can understand that. Frankly, I'm surprised he still talks about it at all. I would think those memories are something you'd want to bury. Well, it's hard to bury it when the whole town knows the legend. So why does he live here? He could leave. Granddad is a stubborn man, to say the least. Plus, he likes it here. He doesn't pay mind to what people think. Netherland is his home. He's lived here longer than most of the people who have something to say about him. I made my way back down to Denver. When you're driving through the Rocky Mountains, call reception is a rare commodity. So I didn't get Steve's text until I was almost home. He had a pretty bright idea. More on this after the break. Hey everybody, it's Pacific. A few quick announcements. This Friday is the first ever Fake Crafters Friday Live. Paul Sading of Subject Found, Sarah Werner of Girl in Space, Myself and Vin Ernst from Lake Clarity will all be live streaming some AMA questions. If you have any questions for us that you'd like us to answer, drop them off on our Facebook, Tumblr, or Twitter. We'd love to answer any questions you guys have. That said, we'll also be at PodCon this weekend. If you're there, drop us a line. We'd love to meet you and say hi. And now, just two more things. First, I'd like to tell you about a Fate Crafters show. What would you do if you woke up covered in blood, suffering from memory loss, and surrounded by the remains of a human sacrifice? That's how Ren's story begins. To find out what happens next, listen to Spines, a production of Zoom Doom Stories. Visit spinespodcast.com today to find out more. And lastly, I have one more big announcement. I hope you enjoy. Sometimes I wonder what life was like in the old days. Before the plague, before the crows. No harm in wondering. There's not much time left for us anyway. The Enoch Saga. The end of our world was only the beginning. An all-new audio drama from the makers of Lake Clarity. Coming 2018. Steve texted me after I'd left his house. 
The text simply read, if you're still curious about the missing kids, why not ask the parents? I hadn't thought of it. Was it my place to impede on these people's lives? To dig up memories they might be trying to bury? I'm sure if Natalie was there, she would have tried to stop me. But she didn't get home for another eight hours. So I set out to see if I could find another lead. I started with my resources at the office since I needed to check in with Eric anyways. There wasn't a lot written about the missing kids. Fortunately, I knew how to dig deeper and the convenience of the internet made it much easier. One of the comments on the Sentinel webpage claimed to be a friend of Brandon, one of the four teens who died in May. I found the commenter on Facebook and after a quick search to their friends list, I found my Brandon. His Facebook page had been memorialized. His friends and family could leave their best wishes and photos of memories on his wall. I felt a pang of guilt, but I pressed on. Brandon's settings were open to the public, so I was able to scroll through many of his friends' posts. From what I gathered, he was a very well-loved person, always seen as the life of the party, joyous, upbeat, and could make anyone smile. This plucked at my heartstrings. I found a legacy contact on Brandon's page. It was his mother. After reaching Brandon's mother, she agreed to meet with me. Barbara Washington was a kind woman and very open. I told her the truth, that I was a reporter for the Denver Public Radio, and that I thought there was something worth pursuing with the missing cases at Lake Clarity. You writing a story on my son? Has more evidence come up? Has someone else gone missing? Okay, I must admit, I'm not on assignment. I was actually up in Netherland covering a festival when I heard about what happened to your son and his friends. I think that I might be able to uncover more about what happened up there. How? I lost someone very important to me earlier in my life, and my family asked every question we could think of. But there weren't answers to be given. In regards to your son, there seems to be answers hidden up there at Lake Clarity. Someone just has to know how to ask the right questions. Did you know that there have been numerous other missing people cases in that area? No, I didn't. But I knew a bear couldn't kill all of them. Each of those kids was smart, had their whole lives ahead of them. We gave a lot of freedom to Brandon. Rich and I raised that boy right, and he knew to use his best judgment. I just knew in my heart of hearts that something else went on up there, but that's not going to change the fact that our son is gone. I am so sorry for your loss. It hurts so much to lose your own child, but to lose four, I cry every single day. You knew the others as well then? Mm-hmm. Mike, Allie, Aaron, Seth, <laughs> those kids had spent so much time in this house. I got used to cooking for ten. <laughs> Here, let, let me show you something. Barbara proceeded further into the house and led me through a door attached to the kitchen. It was a fully furnished garage turned bedroom. Once she hit the light switch, the space lit up. There were rope lights, a couch, posters, a guitar, and a TV with a couple of different gaming consoles. This is where they spent their time. When the twins turned eight or so, 
We needed extra bedrooms in the house because Sasha and Natasha's bickering was driving all of us crazy. Brandon volunteered to move out into the garage. <laughs> so he and Rich changed it into a bedroom. By the time Lorena left for college, Brandon had built too many memories in this room. This was his space. <laughs> All of this, really. We kept on talking, and Barbara continued to tell me about Brandon, her family, and their devastation. I knew how it felt. After some time, our interview was coming to a close. I asked if she could connect me with any of the other parents. She hesitated and then gave me the name and address of Allie's parents. Once I returned to the office, I had a run-in with Eric. Amber's interview was rescheduled, the hotel was booked, and the audio from Netherland was uploaded for Jules and Eric. Finally, I used the name and address that Barbara had given me to look up the phone number. James and Portia Sutton. They lived in the small, posh neighborhood in the Cherry Creek area. Maybe Allie's parents would be able to give me more insight on why the kids went to Lake Clarity. I had strayed away from my original case and had a sneaking suspicion that Eric knew it. But nothing would deter me from following this story as I was about to be given a new insight as to what had happened, the truth about the teens lost at Lake Clarity. Join me next episode as I reunite with Steve and together we plunge into the disappearance of Ali Sutton. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.